G'day punters and welcome to Winning Post Preview Podcast for the weekend of Saturday, August 26. I'm John Barker and joining me as usual is Jackpot Joel Marshall and Carl DiOrio should be with us in any moment now. Well, uh, Joel, there's sort of a little bit of a lull as far as the black type goes. It sort of comes in two-week waves early in the, uh, or fortnightly waves early on in the season and uh, therefore there's only a couple of black type races in Sydney and uh, one in Melbourne, one in Adelaide, one in Perth this Saturday. But uh, one of the horses that we'll see step out in one of those Sydney black type races is a horse that you've got your eye on, a very expensive horse and uh, in your opinion, a future group one winner. Yeah, indeed, Barks. A couple of very good three-year-old races in Sydney on Saturday, the up and coming uh for those over a little bit further, the 1300, and then of course the San Domenico, and the San Domenico uh, sees that horse you speak of go around, and we're talking about a horse called Kandinsky Abstract, who cost three million as a yearling. He's the full brother to multiple Group One winner Sunlight, and he looked the part in his trials before he stepped out on debut, and his debut in was very comfortable he had the box seat trip and and he won well but there's been good form out of it he's come back and he's trialed up really well i think there's a big race in him uh not sure what they're really going to target him at whether it's going to be a golden rose or or they're going to keep him to the sprint trips and go for a coolmore Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out he's come up with a wide gate on saturday but uh if he can get a good ride from j mac i'm sure he'll be pretty hard to beat but there's some very nice horses returning in that race and of course you've also got a couple of horses coming out of the Rosebud over 1,100 a fortnight ago with that fitness under their belt that are sure to make their presence felt. Meanwhile, in Adelaide, Carl, we've got the Leon McDonald Stakes, formerly known as the Penny Edition, and this is a race that has produced uh, some pretty uh, pretty handy Group 1 winners over the journey. Uh, Fields of Omar won it one year. Uh, Alco Pop, um, Happy Trails uh, is there a Group 1 winner lurking in the field this time. I'm not too sure if See You in Heaven is a a Group 1 winner in waiting, but I suppose that's the objective already being a Group 2 winner of the Sandown Guineas last year. So uh, if she can be, uh, you know, improved just maybe a touch and and, and find a nice fillies and mares, she might be a nice sangster horse for the uh, back end of this season. But other than her... It's probably hard to see a Group 1 runner in this field, but uh, uh, a really uh, a really interesting race and a, a great opportunity for, for some of those mares to get some black type. All righty, we'll start off in Sydney at Rose Hill, where the first of two black type races is race seven, the CMNL up-and-coming stakes. Both these black type races, as Joel mentioned, are for three-year-olds. Uh, this one is a Group 3 quality over 1,300 metres. Joel, how did you see this one? Yeah, well, I've, I've gone with a horse that's up and going and has the fitness edge and and pretty well weighted. And I speak of Cabalas for James McDonald and Chris Waller. Uh, so he was completely luckless on debut when finishing second last. He then went to Randwick, made amends with a strong win, just getting the better of Estriella. There was a big gap back to the rest of them. Uh, we saw Estriella get grabbed on the line last week's Silver Shadow. And then Cabalas went to Rose Hill up to 1,300 and uh, probably little doubt he should have won. He just got bailed away, couldn't get out at a key stage and the well-tried Kintai was able to build momentum and win the race and Cabalas finished third. So I'm sure if he gets the breaks here, it's a little bit stronger, but I think he can measure up and be hard to beat. 
I thought coming out of the Rosebud, number 10, Griff, could run well. Another tricky gate. Um, always tricky over the 1100 at Rose Hill to make ground and, and especially coming wide. And that's what he tried to do the other day. And I thought he tried pretty valiantly. He was only beaten a length and a half. Uh, gets in light. The step up in triple suit. We did see him lead when he won his maiden at Warwick Farm. So I wouldn't be surprised that with the step up in distance, if he begins okay, I may even try to ride him a bit closer. I thought number 12, Hasty Honey, was a good roughie. Uh, she's come up about 70 to 1. I thought her debut was good, and that was a, a good, strong fillies race at Scone during their carnival. We've seen some good form come out of that already. I've liked their trials. 1,300 should suit first up. And in for fourth, I've got number nine, Tuta Levita, who we saw through the winter create a, a good impression. Runner-up at her first two, probably should have won her second start, and then went to Rose Hill and wasn't overly impressive, but got the job done, and it was probably just sort of that end of prep run. Now she's come back with a... A bit of a head scratcher trial. She she was out the back, which is fine, but she was pushed along a little bit. So just got a bit of a query there, but I think she is good enough to measure up if um, if you go on on what we've seen on race day to date. And obviously that's leaving out a couple of the, the classier performers up the top, uh, but we'll be certainly monitoring the market closely. Three on top from 10, 12 and 9. Yeah, three on top for me, Cabalis. Um, one, two starts ago, and then was the victim of an uncharacteristic misjudged ride, I thought, from James McDonald. The horse began uh, slowly uh, from barrier three, switched back to the inside and tried to pinch grounds up the fence early doors, and that you know that, that contributed to the problems that emerged late, uh, settling inside uh, Kintyre, who the eventual winner jumped from barrier two, jumped from his inside and got a clear path, and it just didn't work out. He's... he's Capable of making amends here. Got him ahead of number nine, Tudor Levita, who uh, resumes from a spell, showed that ability last campaign. As Joel mentioned, luckless two runs go, made the men's next time out. Tom Kitten in for third, and Manawi number five in for fourth. I've gone three, nine, one, and five in race seven. Race eight at Rosehill Gardens on Saturday, Smithfield RSL, San Domenico Stakes. Also for the three-year-olds, but this one is set weights and penalties over 1,100 metres. Joel? Well, as we touched on earlier, I'm a big fan of Kandinsky Abstract. Sure, I would have liked to have seen him draw better, but uh, locked into following him this prep, and whilst I'm sure he'll improve on what he does here, uh, I think just with a touch of luck, he will be very hard to beat. Um, also a fan of number three, Libertad. He got the job done nicely on debut off some very good trials. And then on a quite quick turnaround, went to the Group 3 Kindergarten on a heavy track, having won his maiden on a dry track. And he looked good again. Um, had to fight off the challenge of Soltaire, who looked the winner at the furlong. Uh, but it was a strong performance. Again, would have preferred him to draw well. He's come up with a wide gate, so he's going to need a bit of luck. But he has been trialling nicely. Five introducing. I was with him in the Rosebud first up. And he was really game. He lost second uh, to his stablemate, the instructor, in the last 100 metres. But then he, he really fought back and, and grabbed second again. Uh, so it was a good effort. He'll be fitter. Has that recent run under the belt, which could prove vital here. And number one, Corniche. Well, he didn't really put a foot wrong in that first prep. Uh, form around all the, the top horses. And, of course, beat the golden slipper with the Shinzo in the skyline before missing the slipper. So he's certainly going to be in the mix as well. I'm a bit surprised the instructor's gone up favourite. I I think, you know, he'll be fitter for that first up run in the Rosebud, and he's certainly got ability, but I think, uh, yeah, there's a bit of um, 
a bit of meat in the rest of the market, can, can, considering he's favourite, and I thought he was a bit of a risk. Uh, nine for me, though, from three, five, and one. Tall niche on top for me. Resumes from a spell, has been uh, trolling nicely. Uh, form last campaign, very strong, obviously, knocked over the eventual Golden Slipper winner and was placed behind the Blue Diamond uh, uh, winner. Um, yeah, I, I think he's he just sets up nicely for him from barrier six and uh, looks a nice starting point for him. I think he's the class runner of this field. Got him ahead of number five, introducing, who uh, gave plenty, plenty of fight up on the pace in the Rosebud, uh, found the lead, was challenged and joined at the 300, but uh, really went down swinging and was strong through the line. So I think the, uh, the added distance will be of assistance. Third, number three, Libertad, uh, unbeaten from both starts last campaign and, and won that kindergarten stakes very well in the heavy track. Uh, just not sure where he gets to from the barrier. And I've then got number nine, Kandinsky Abstract in for fourth. Uh, similar there, wide barrier, not sure where he gets to. Very talented horse, but a little bit short enough in betting for mine. I've gone one, five, three, and nine. All right, that race saw Joel's value bet up against Carl's best. So Joel's value, race eight, number nine, Kandinsky Abstract, Carl's best, race eight, number one, Corniche. Uh, let's hear about your other specials. Joel, we'll start with you. Your best, race six, number five, Call Die. Yeah, bread in the purple, this mare by Frankel out of Samantha Miss, and I thought she was very good first up. She was rock hard in the betting. You know, you're sort of waiting for for her to perhaps drift out a little bit, but she held her place around 350. And I thought she fought on really well. Powerful peg got the better of her in the last 100 metres, was able to finish off strongly down towards uh, down the outside and just get the better of her. But with that run under the belt, uh, powerful peg does get does actually meet her, I think, a kilo better for beating her. Um, and she's racing well, but I think Cold Eye is ultimately a classier mare. And with that uh, fitness uh, the fitness run the other day, I just think she'll uh, be headed back to stakes grade after a, a win on Saturday. My value bet is uh, race nine, number three, Tycoonist. This is a horse that I was keen on last time at Flemington. Just looked as if he was going to uh, you know, finish home over the top, but uh, the leaders kept running. They broke 123 for the 1400 by memory at Flemington that day. And uh, it was a very good performance considering nothing really made grounds into the race. And, and Tycoonist probably ran as well as he could in the circumstances. James McDonald uh, booked for this horse, um, which is interesting given that he probably could have had the choice of a few rides in this race. And uh, I'm just willing to entertain him about that 16 to 1 mark. Alrighty, the Valley is the venue for Melbourne racing on Saturday and there is a black type race. It is race eight, the Paramount Liquor Carline Stakes. 1,000 metres, set weights and penalties for four-year-olds and up at listed level. Joel, how did you see this one? Yeah, well, I didn't have a, a strong opinion. I just sort of stuck with the way I went the other day where a few of these clashed and was with Sweet Ride and the, certainly the late support there suggested he would be hard to beat. He sort of came off the the bit before the turn, but I like the way he fought under pressure. Um, you know, Omni Man was a bit slow to begin and then sort of got held up. You can make the case he was a bit stiff, but I thought Sweet Ride from Barrier 3 is going to get a nice run again. So I'll, I'm stuck with him. Uh, the one at a bit of odds I've included is Express Pass. He's a talent. Obviously, he's had his issues. He's been sparingly raced in the past 18 months, but... He's gone well at the Valley before. He goes well fresh. So just look for him to be running on late. 
Uh, in for third, number seven, Acromantula, who comes through that race a fortnight ago, uh, showed good speed to lead and, and battled on really well. And eight, Omni Man uh, has got to be in the mix as well. One, six, seven, and eight. I've gone with uh, Generation on top. I just, as I wrote in this week's winning post, I, I was a bit sort of um, intrigued by the omission, I suppose, of Bella Nipotina. And I think by them deciding not to run her says just as much about maybe Generation's chances and how he's been going on the training track ahead of his first up assignment. He has got a very good first up record. He's a... Uh, uh, a group three winning three-year-old. He won the sedative, but he hasn't won since the Manfred. And uh, I just think this is a, a race, a really important race for him to sort of get that stakes class victory uh, as a potential stallion prospect as an, as an older horse and, and maybe then springboard onto other races later in the campaign. He, his work on Tuesday morning looked good. And uh, the only worry for mine is barrier 10, but they should fly along. He should settle maybe midfield or second half and be flowing into the race late. Omni Man in for second. Bit luckless last time, but uh, in saying that, probably did get his chance to get there uh, last time when just behind Sweet Ride. Uh, third, number seven, uh, Akram Manzula, who finished third behind Sweet Ride, showed blistering gate speed, draws well, and meets uh, Omni Man and a few others from that race better at the weights. And Sweet Ride in for fourth. I've gone four, eight, seven, and one. Uh, yeah, I'm with the form from that uh, benchmark um, 100 a couple of weeks ago with uh, Omni Man, who, as you mentioned, is was a bit unlucky. Um, it does meet Sweet Ride a kilo and a half better for that narrow defeat. Uh, Acromantula probably is the one that, um, as you mentioned, uh, has the best weight swing out of that race. I've got Generation in for third. Omni Man, Sweet Ride, Generation, Acromantula, I've gone 8 1. Four and seven. Uh, now, let me just see. Tell us about your uh, specials because they did not come up in that race. We'll start with you, Joel. Yeah, I've made my value bet in race five, number five, Wuds. Uh, missed the race here a fortnight ago, so it goes a month between runs. But the last time we did see him was this track and trip, and he ran a really good second. Of course, that was on that dynamite front runner's track and he couldn't pick up the winner who was dominant, but it was a good run. I uh, like the fact that they've kept him fresh. Probably looking for some rain uh, would certainly help, but I don't think he's out of it on a on a good four, uh, if that's what we're playing with. Barrier three, you'll get a good run and the winkers go on. I think that's good. I think he's just been looking for that something to make him a, a little bit sharper, particularly early in the race. So around about $7. I think he's a good each way bet. And... Uh, similar to last week, just going for a class runner, resuming from a spell is my best bet. Uh, we've probably just got to wait and see what the track's playing. And if you missed the, I think he went up $8.50, I speak of Gringotts in the last, and he's around about four eighty now. I think it's probably worth waiting till the day just to see, uh, you know, the lay of the land and see how the track's playing. But he's a real talent. He'll, no, no doubt he'll get better over further. I'm not sure sort of what his ultimate goal is going to be this spring, but I think he's got a big race in him in the next 12 months and he had a really good first campaign in Australia off some good New Zealand trials and he's been trialling up or jumping out well uh, leading into this so I think his class will get him home pending uh, just the way that track's playing. Uh, my best bet is St Lawrence race nine number seven just placed to advantage for so much of his career he's, he's got the obvious ability winning six of seven starts but the stable have just done the right thing by him, managing him perfectly. And you could see him maybe sneaking into a, the Torak handicap 
or one of those bigger mile handicaps later this season and, uh, you know, getting his chance at, at group company. And I, I just find it hard to see him uh, losing this race, uh, particularly with his lightweight of 53 kilos with the uh, one and a half kilo claim of uh, Melbourne's leading apprentice, Carlene Heffel. My value selection is race four, number two, Vitruvius. He's a horse that wouldn't mind a little bit of giving the ground. There's no rain forecast as of yet, but... Uh, he, he's a horse that has performed well at Mooney Valley. In fact, the last time he visited the track, he ran second to Savannah Cloud, who, you know, of course, uh, those form lines look decent, winning at stakes level last weekend. But form this campaign has been solid. Won three starts, go swooping and sand down in uh, midweek company. And the past two runs in Saturday grade, just finishing outside the placings with decent run on efforts. And this is probably a bit of a step back in class. So uh, I think he's a reasonable bet, about uh, $15. I'm with Carl for my best, St. Lawrence, well-placed again. And for my value, it might be going a run early, but uh, I thought the import legend of Dubai uh, was good at Sandown uh, on Aussie Taboo. Uh, made a bit of ground there, and up 1,400 up to 1,600 will suit. Maybe further will suit later on even better, but uh, just at a decent price each way, I thought race four, number eight, Legend of Dubai, the other venue that hosts black type racing on Saturday, as we mentioned earlier, is Morfordville racing on the parks track there. And the black type race is race eight, the listed Leon McDonald Stakes, 1400 metres standard weight for age. Carl? Well, as I touched on earlier, see you in heaven kind of does pick herself. It was a dominant victory in the behemoth stakes. They went slow on that occasion. Uh, but see you in heaven, raced handy to the speed, uh, off a bit of a wide run, it must be said, from the outside gate, and just was a class above, and uh, no reason on that effort that uh, she won't be winning again. Papali in for second, uh, good placement, I think, by the Moody Stable to um, find this race for her at this stage of her career. She was Group 2 placed, uh, second up last campaign in the Golden Pendant, uh, running a cheeky race behind Nimalee, so... A similar sort of effort from we'll see her right in the finish here. Uh, third number five, Manhattan Times, uh, who was placed in the behemoth. And for fourth number 11, Sione. I've gone 14, 10, 5 and 11 in the uh, the uh, Penny Edition or now known as the Leon McDonald. And my value selection comes up in the last race and that's race nine, number seven, uh, Katim's Club, uh, which is a horse that uh, uh, was... One both starts this campaign. Uh, first up over twelve hundred, second up over fourteen. Uh, Callum Murray teamed up with the uh, Rosalind Day Stable midweek. Has a great association with them, and uh, this mare does look to be putting it all together this campaign in a fairly open race. Joel, any thoughts on Morfordville Parks? Uh, just on that Leon McDonald Stakes, uh, I'll be boxing up three mares: Quinella, Exacta Duet. Uh, Papali, as Carl touched on, big overs, I think, $26. Uh, Wild Imagination, another one at good odds, $21. Uh, puts herself on speed and she's racing well. And the obvious, the favourite, see you in heaven. All righty. They are racing at Doomben in Brisbane on Saturday. And uh, as seems to be the case when they race at Doomben, uh, fairly big fields to start with. And then... Uh, Massive scratchings uh, by certainly 23 out by the time even we came out early on uh, Thursday morning. Uh, but assuming they've survived, Carl, what are your specials? 
Uh, well, Kinlock, race five, number three. Hopefully he uh, he finds a bit of, uh, you know, even or average luck, I suppose they say, and uh, he, he wins on the weekend because three runs this campaign, he was caught deep first up. He's been badly held up his next two, and uh, he's just better than them. Uh, with 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 ordinary luck, um, and he is going particularly well. He's he's runs in defeat. The past two in particular have been very very good. So he's about three dollars. He's no real spoil, but he should be winning. And in that last race, race nine, number fifteen, hell of a deal. Uh, daughter of Dundeal, third up from a spell, rising to the mile, got back and has hit the line well off slowly run races. Both starts this campaign bigger field here or at least it was at the time of publication there still only is one scratching in the race um her task made a little tougher it must be said with shopping a spree also an acceptor in race two deciding to run in this race but uh definitely worth an each way bet down in the weights joel thoughts on zoom yeah uh race five is my value bet i do think kinlock's the hardest to beat but Really liked the way Shibley has been trialling in Sydney. Uh, stats say he'll need the run and he'll get better over further. Uh, but fresh up last time at 1,400 at Sandown, he didn't have a lot of luck and he ran really well at big odds. Uh, I thought at $16, just yeah, off his two trials in Sydney, I reckon he's ready to run a big race. So a good each way bet on him. And I've made my best, uh, who's also come up at uh, good each way odds, in the last race, nine, number seven, Hype. Uh, he was six weeks between runs. Last time out was 60 and a half, bumped into an in-form horse. Uh, back out to the mile suits, he'll be fitter and get some weight relief down to 56 and a half. He'll put himself on speed and give you a good sight. All righty, Belmont once again, the venue for Perth racing on Saturday. Can't be too far away that uh, we head over the road because uh, the field size is uh, starting to dwindle. Uh, for Belmont, there is a listed race. It is race eight, Idyllic Prince Stakes, 1,300 metre weight for age event, uh, although they are all older horses uh, on this occasion. And our Perth man, Hoops, well, Fanta has um, started the started the campaign with a couple of uh, impressive wins. Hoops thinks that comes a time, can turn the tables with a two-kilo swing at the weight for age under the weight for age conditions. So it comes a time to beat Fanta, Valor Road and Nerodio in race eight. That's five, seven, one and four. Hoops' best race three, number one, <coughs> Emerald Trader and value bet race four, number six, Changing Guard. Joel, earlier in the day across the Tasman, they are racing at Tarapa and Awapuni. Yeah, a good card at Tarapa, a couple of featured jumps races, but also uh, some very smart flat performers returning for their spring campaigns in the Group 2 Fox Bridge Plate, weight for age. Over 1,200, it's race eight on the card, and with a little bit of luck, I think the new season four-year-old Pier will be very hard to beat. I've made him my best on the card. There looks good speed. Yeah. Hopefully, he can uh, get in and find a bit of cover from that tricky gate. His recent trial was excellent. Uh, and I think he'll be hard to beat. There's a few in here we know, though. Dragon Leap returned off a break with a, a classy performance with a big weight last time out. And We Will Rock, back from Sydney, uh, did a good job in Sydney. With a, won a race and was competitive in all of his runs. He's drawn wide, but he's uh, in the mix as well. Uh, but Pierre, my best bet, race eight. My value bet, gone with the first starter in the second race. Uh, looks a, a pretty good three-year-old maiden. 
Uh, I'll speak of number six, Roadcone. He is a son of El Manzor from the Andrew Forsman yard. I uh, thought his latest trial was very good. No doubt he'll improve over a bit further, but he's drawn nicely. Uh, Warren Kennedy to ride informed jockey. And I thought at uh, around $12, he was worth a bet each way. Uh, certainly the favourite, number seven, Glamour Tycoon, who we saw run second at her first two starts in her first prep. Uh, she'll be the one to beat. She's got form around uh, some nice horses. So she'll be the hardest to beat, but Road Cone each way. And at Awapuni, best is race one, number two, Chevelle de Fordra, who had trialled really well, uh, but he's a big horse. And I think just sort of, he was, you know, a bit slow to begin. Uh, got caught in traffic. He was just looked very green and not sure he, oh, I think he just found the distance a bit too short as well. He steps out to 1550. And just with the benefit of that run, I think it'd be harder to beat. It's a pretty weak maiden. And my value bet's in the last race, eight, number six. She's mischievous. Uh, looked like she was going to drop out last time out, but she rallied and uh, fought back to finish third. Uh, she was supposed to run a fortnight after that, but they scratched her. So she comes in fresh here. I like the senior rider going back on Jonathan Parks, and I think she'll be hard to beat. All righty. That wraps up a big Saturday of racing around Australasia. Just before we... Move on to Skype about the remarkable results of Lazy Lobsters last week. Sunday sees the uh, All Jumps finale at Ballarat, um, with uh, featuring obviously the Grand National Steeplechase as the final jumps race of the uh, winter. And uh, there is a $1.30 favourite in Stern Idol with 71 kilos to carry. Uh, yeah, a bloke who used to do some printing for Winning Post always used to say, yeah, uh, you want six to four about him getting around. But uh, thirty is uh, the price for Stern Idol. But, Carl, you found one to knock off Stern Idol. Yeah, I, I thought that uh, Bell X9 uh, is worthy of, of, of a chance. I think the Stern Idol talk is um, – look, he's a great short course um, uh, type. He won over 4,200 last time, admittedly, um, and, and but Ballarat – up an extra 300 and I think Ballarat might be a slightly more testing um, jumps track than, than, than what he encountered last time. Uh, Ballarat's one, he was placed over the Cheltenham Festival. Um, he's sort of been brought along well since uh, joining Ant- Andrew Bobbin, his last five runs. I thought his last effort was sound. Um, he, he rises to the, uh, the fences this time. I, I'd imagine it would be a bit of a... Um, uh, not an afterthought. I think it's 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 the way he's been tracking it. It, it has looked like he's been in need of going over the uh, the bigger obstacles, and I just think yeah, Stern Idol's a bit of a crazy price, and and just willing to entertain uh, finding something to beat him. Um, but you know, Stern Idol will look the winner for uh, three quarters of the race. It's just whether or not he can get home. All righty. Well, the, yeah, the crazy cro- price you speak of, Bill X1, marked at 16 in uh, your winning post. And uh, Joel, uh, for the record, he's with Stern Idol, but uh, his value bit on the card is also at double figures, and that is race one, number nine, South Pacific. Uh, that does wrap up the preview section of the podcast. Brings us to our best $20 bet of the weekend, if you don't mind, Lazy Lobsters. Lazy 
Well, record results last week. Uh, not that we all made a profit. I think that has happened before. But, uh, Carl, we've uh, just gone bang with the $5 quaddy in Melbourne. Uh, that is the 500% quaddy, uh, returning around about 350 bucks for your 20 if you don't mind. And um, not to be sneezed at, amenable for Joel, making uh, uh, getting a, 160 106 back for your 20. In fact, oh, sorry, there was $350 profit for Carl, so actually $370 return. And, uh, yes, I made a, a almost laughable $10 uh, by comparison. Uh, but anyway, confidence up. You can't buy it in Puckle Street Mooney Ponds. Uh, and we've got it. So, Joel, what are you having? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go uh, again with the uh, new season four-year-old and at the Valley, and hopefully Gringotts can kick off his spring campaign with a win. So uh, race 10, number 11. And I'll, uh, I'll do the same, Bart. So I'll, uh, now that I've made the uh, gap in the spreadsheet, I might as well fill it in for, for two weeks in a row, the same formula. So we'll go uh, we'll go two horses in the first leg, Future History and Jimmy the Bear. Uh, yeah, well, just eight. to make it easy, give me the numbers. Yeah, four yep, and eight. Four yeah. and eight, yep. yep. Second leg, one out generation, horse number four. Mm-hmm. And then we go third leg, one out, St. Lawrence, horse number seven. And then the last leg, we come home with four, Naheem Sahel and 11 Gringotts. So they'll be, again, um, 500% for a $4 outlay, which is 20 bucks overall. Well, yeah, there is absolutely no chance of you getting that twice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going back to my tried and trusted uh, formula of... Uh, a fairly short one earlier on in the program, and uh, I will go to the Valley as well, and I'm going uh, for the Godolphin Colt Amur resuming. Um, he's unbeaten at this uh, Valley 1,200 metres. Started the last campaign, or the first campaign, with a couple of wins at the Valley 1,200 metres. Went on to win a Group 3, and uh, under the set weights and penalties here, gives them 2.5, and, and under the ratings, should be giving them 8.5 and, and more. So if ready to go, Amur should be fairly hard to beat. Uh, that leaves us only to remind you to pick up your winning post if you haven't already. All the form for Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, all your favourite features. Plenty of good reading. Besides, it is uh, online as we speak via winningpost.com.au. Uh, it is in shops Friday morning. Have a great weekend, everybody. Back plenty of winners. We'll talk to you next week on the preview podcast.